Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex on the Horn. We got some more sound from Hook 'em Up talking about Bijan Robinson, his lack of playing time. That'll be coming up, and some good stuff from Rod talking about it because it's a problem none of us know. Get into that. We'll get into some more Texas basketball talk. We'll get into a new rule for the NFL. Uh, sent a memo out to team uh, all NFL teams today about a new rule. We'll get into that. How it could affect Texas. Uh, and you know, if we have some time to Bill Belichick, and of course, your text. 512-447-3776. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. Uh, Mark from Taylor says, Shaggy is a veteran. Yes, we were playing veterans all week on uh, on honor of Veterans Day happening on Saturday. Shaggy was in the United States Marine Corps is what I had researched. I don't know how long he was in there, but he was, a, he was in the United States Marine Corps as a young man. So, yeah, Shaggy is a veteran. Uh this texter says, I'm curious why Sark refuses to infuse a read option for Murphy when every defense is king on Brooks or Baxter. Uh, I, I think that that's probably just experience, inexperience and seeing that Malik Murphy has issues already making a quick decision and a quick read, that maybe some of it, it seems like a few times he's off. When he makes it, when he feels it, when he sees the guy in his number one option, it may just be that in practice he doesn't feel that he's making the decision right enough and teams may kind of tee off on him uh I, that could be it uh other than that i don't really have an option uh, an idea other than he doesn't necessarily trust malik murphy right now to do that without giving up a big play where you know the running back makes a read that he doesn't and you have that play action and if the running back thinks it's a uh a handoff and it's not and those types of those types of plays if you're not all on the same page could be disastrous because you could get a bad handoff where someone's trying to grab the ball and you're trying to pull it back in, but you're trying to make it look good. So I, I could believe that he just doesn't trust him yet to do that. And we could see it this week, though. It is uh, the start three, so you could be bringing new things into the lineup if he is starting, uh, indeed starting. Hopefully tomorrow when Sark speaks to the media, he'll give us a little more clarity. I'm doubting he will, but he may. He may. Uh, there's a rumor that Josh McDaniels is Jeff Fisher's illegitimate son. Nice text. Good one. I appreciate that one. That is two of my least favorite coaches of all time is Jeff Fisher and, and, uh, Josh McDaniels. I tried to be rooting for the Raiders and Josh McDaniels really crapped on that. And, and Jeff Fisher, we all wanted Vince Young to do well in the NFL. And I think every Texas fan has a special, special hatred for, or a special dislike. I won't say hatred. I don't hold hatred for guys for this long, but a special dislike for Josh McDaniels or for Jeff Fisher. Sorry that uh, what he did and and not allowing uh, any sort of uh, growth or anything to be outside of what he felt should be the right way to win the game, and uh, basically ending the career of Vince Young before it ever got started by uh, 
by basically trying to make him a quarterback he wasn't. And then uh, and then talking a lot of trash about him around the league. And, you know, in today's game, he would still have a place in the league somewhere. Someone would have gone after him a lot more and, and got him when he was young and, and tried to use him somewhat. Uh, Chief Engineer says, uh, uh, Rod got a new baby. He is plenty busy. Uh, and Jeff Fisher did kill Vince Young. Yes, we agree with that. Uh, we have the SEC and Pac-12 has played nobody. They haven't played outside of uh, themselves. They haven't played too many people. They got some good games at the end of the season. I think Oregon is playing USC this week. And if USC has any hopes of just not just landsliding this into a really terrible situation and, you know, having to make some major staff changes and, and you know, you may start losing some of those transfers and guys that you – you know, are not technically talking to, but you were ready to bring in, and the whole Caleb Williams is going to stay another season and screw the NFL. He can make more in NIL and all of that. All those storylines that Lincoln Riley and the USC has been all about seem to be going out the window. You want to salvage some of that. You need to get a big win, and a win over Oregon would be a huge win. Uh, Washington uh, is the other team that's up there uh, who beat Oregon. So, you know, and then we had Utah was going to be a good team over there in the Pac-12. Cam Rising gets hurt with him out. Uh, that really kind of put a, put an end to their championship hopes. Uh, we have, uh, I remember giving up 50 before halftime against TCU. Can we do that to them, please? I don't think we're going to give up. I don't think we're going to put up 50 before halftime. Just seeing how Sark has run this team so far this season, he tends to, take his foot off the gas but I don't think we'll be putting up that much and I think their offense is good enough too that they're not going to be keep going three and out I would love it I would love nothing more Texter than for us to put up 50 on them and it'd be 50 to nothing at halftime that would be great and Arthur Smith is quickly joining that list of bad coaches yeah he is very annoying that's why I'm play that sound here uh in the next segment with uh, Rod talking about it because I think he had some really good points I was listening to it and really enjoyed it want to share it with you guys uh, <laughs> Chief Engineer, quarterback killer, Oklahoma Greg also totally agree. Uh, ruined Vince. Everybody is on board with the Jeff Fisher hate as well. So if we had Josh McDaniels hate, why not throw in Jeff Fisher hate? <laughs> why not throw that in there? Uh, some some Texas basketball news. Uh, I did see Christian Bishop signed with the Sioux Falls Sky Force, which is the uh the G uh, G league affiliate of the Miami heat. So good to see Christian Bishop is getting to his next level. He wasn't involved as much as in the uh, summer league or anything like that. So you didn't know where he was going to land. He ends up on the Sioux Falls sky force. So congrats to Christian Bishop. If you didn't see where the other guys from last year's team who left are ended up, uh, Timmy Allen is on the Memphis hustle, which is uh, apparently in Mississippi because they're right next to uh, it's right next to Memphis. And so, uh, but there will be the he is in the Memphis Hustle, which is uh, a G League affiliate of the Memphis Grizzlies. Marcus Carr is in. I'm going to try and say this. Eris Tessaloniki in Greece. Marcus Carr is playing in a Greece league right now. And of course, Serge Barry Rice signed a two way contract with the San Antonio Spurs, so he will be debuting in Austin. I believe Austin Spurs first game is Friday. If anybody's got connections to Austin Spurs, tell them to hit me up. Tell them to hit me up. I'd like to go out and see some awesome Spurs games this year. I mean, you know, I'm going to buy tickets and go out there. But, yeah, I'd like to, you know, get a hookup for me. I think I got a radio show. Come on, tell, tell them to come give me a call. The Austin Spurs. Uh, 
<laughs> if anybody's listening out there who's got some connections to the Austin Spurs, I'll go check out some some Sir Jabari Rice. Also, today was a signing day, beginning of a signing period uh, for for uh, sports other than football. Texas does get two signatures today from guys who had already committed to Texas. Uh, Cam Scott, a four star uh, four star shooting guard, committed to Texas basketball, and Nick Cody, I believe is his name. Four-star power forward has six-eight, has a seven-four wingspan. Uh, those are both signed today. So two big signings for uh, for Rodney Terry and this Texas basketball team. Trey Johnson is the name everybody is looking at. So you've already got two high four-star talent guys. It could be you know if they finish out the season strong in basketball and high school could move up to five-star guys. We saw that with Ron Holland, who was five-star, but he Ron Holland moved up. Uh, drastically and moved up so far that we lost him and he went to the G League. But uh, Cam Scott and Nick Cody both signed. If Trey Johnson, that is the shooting guard, uh, point guard, small forward kind of guy, he's in between Texas and Baylor is what everybody's reporting on that. Uh, Some are saying he could make his decision by the end of the week. So it's something to keep up with there. Trey Johnson, uh, five-star, number five uh, recruit, I believe, so far, in this cycle. So if you get the number five recruit, that would be a big coup for this Texas team as they continue to go. You work in the transfer portal. You continue to build. But a big coup for Rodney Terry if he was able to get a Trey Johnson. But Cam Scott, Nick Cody, two guys uh, to learn uh, about this season because they will be coming to Austin and playing at the Moody Center next season. Uh, We've also talked about uh, an NFL rule that came out today. The memo got sent out uh, this afternoon that the NFL will now allow juniors to play in the all-star games. And I believe they will allow sophomores if they're three years out. I don't know if that's – I know they said it won't just be limited to seniors anymore uh, in the pre, pre-draft all-star game. So basically, once a player is declared for a draft, uh, it used to be only seniors would be in these all-star games. So juniors who did want to leave school early and were going to declare in the draft would not be eligible for these games, and they may not be able to get that opportunity. The NFL was pushing to allow these team these players to get in because they want another shot. Of course, some of the smaller uh, or some of the worst teams in the NFL have coaches at these games and are coaching them. They have everybody has all their scouts at these games. They want to get to meet these players, especially the younger players like juniors. Any chance you get to be around a guy and learn more about his character, see how he interacts with teammates, all of that is huge in the NFL draft process. So uh, they are now allowing juniors. How does this affect Texas? Well, you have a lot of juniors who may be leaving after this season. When you talk about Quinn Ewers, now has an opportunity to play in those games. And Xavier Worthy has an opportunity to play in those games. And a JT Sanders or if Jonathan Brooks wanted to go. And if you had guys that could go and be in a part of these games, could raise your draft stock, could raise Texas' stock, uh, could be a good thing for Texas, who has some young players who want to get out. And Texas was kind of in a place where they weren't getting guys drafted, so they had more seniors and Sark has brought in a lot of talent, but that means guys leaving early. You'd like to see that he's able to bring in, uh, that you're able to have some of these guys, that a Quinn Ewers is definitely a guy that these players want to see at a senior bowl if he's leaving or whatever all-star game they're, you know, the NFL is putting on for these high school, for these college players going to the NFL who've already declared. So if Quinn Ewers is indeed going to the NFL, 
it's a great opportunity for him. If Xavier Worthy is indeed going to the NFL, like we assume, it is a great opportunity for him. JT Sanders, it's a great opportunity for some of these Texas players to get a little bit more shine. Some people may be upset about it because it may take away opportunities from seniors that are not already on that board. And, you know, there's always guys that you want to get in. I think you'll probably see another bowl get added now, another uh, all-star game uh, for college athletes get added. It wouldn't surprise me in the next couple of years with this rule to get a couple more guys in there uh, that they'd like to see and get some more uh, playing time and get some more guys because you just want to see how they interact. Like That's one of those things learned from scouting, uh, working games, is you get to see the scouts a lot of times. You can see all the game film. In today's world, you can scout you know, everybody, what they do on the field, you can, you know, there's programs and you just open up your computer and you press, you know, whatever hotkey and it'll play the guy's best highlights. And then if you want to have, uh, you know, if you're an NFL team, you got, a, you know, a advanced scouting department that's pulling out their low lights and you can pull out and you can tr- see every play in every game. Now you can pull out and see a, just a shot where it's focused on them, on everybody. So you can get all of that scouting that way without ever leaving your house. The big thing you want to know is who the player is. What what am I bringing into my locker room? When we talk about Josh McDaniels, the problem is not that Josh McDaniels doesn't understand how football works. The problem is Josh McDaniels doesn't understand how people work. And that's the problem. That's same with Jeff Fisher. He doesn't understand how people work. And you have to be able to understand how people work to work in this sport. And that's one of the things with C.J. Stroud is C.J. Stroud was able to walk into the Texans and – show up and be a leader and be a guy early on. Dak Prescott, as much as some people may hate on him, that's something that's a reason why the Cowboys took Dak Prescott. That's a reason he's been able to stay on this team. And you don't necessarily know that by watching his game film for Mississippi State. You know that because you see him around in team meetings for these senior bowls or you get to see him and you talk to his his staff and his teammates and you talk to the the media around him and how they feel about him and you talk to the people around the organization that's more of what scouting is for a lot of these guys. And for to have these bowl games added in or these all-star games or whatever they're going to call them, uh, where you're now allowed to have those underclassmen or you know, at least we'll say juniors, not seniors, if you're allowed to have them playing these games, it's a huge opportunity for a school like Texas with a lot of these guys right now to get a couple more draft picks and maybe show that some of these guys are character guys. Xavier Worthy, when we got to interview him, not that long ago, I think at Big 12 Media Days, he was a, you know, when he started to speak to the media and how he was talking, he was a much different personality than you would have expected from him just because he hasn't done a lot of interviews. And on, you know, his Instagram and everything, he's flashy and, you know, you know, everybody may think one side of him. And he got to show another side. For a guy like Xavier Worthy, if he comes to his team and shows a side that Sark sees in practice every day, it could boost him up on draft boards for sure. Because they think now this guy's a winner, and now we've seen what he can do, and now we put him in a different system in the game, and we feel he could work better. And he played with better talent. Uh, you know, Texas has a lot of great talent, but if you have you know the top five wide receivers are all lined up, it's you know you're just going to have really good talent. I think those are all big things for Texas football uh, to help them get players drafted, and the more players drafted, that's part of Sark's plan to get more and more guys. That's how you're able to keep getting top running back recruits because you have Tashar Choice and Sark who can say they've they've been coaching the best, you know, the, the two uh, running backs that were taken in the first round of the draft. You're going to be able to get more guys if you're able to keep getting guys drafted. Now, if you can't get those guys drafted, it knocks you down in recruiting. 
So it's a, I think it's a positive thing for Texas to be able to showcase some of these guys at a level their junior year. Let them leave early. That's what that's what the system is. That's what the system is in Texas now. You got to recruit. You always got to recruit because you got to have someone behind it. If someone wants to come back like a Jalen Ford, it's awesome. But you got to be ready for guys to leave. Uh, so that's an interesting. It's a development today that I think could be good news for Texas. Uh, not necessarily keeping players, but for developing and continuing to recruit and bring in better and better recruiting classes as they continue to progress in the SEC. Uh, let's get back to the text line. Uh, 512-447-3776. Uh, female listener number one says, I'd be okay with uh, hanging 50 on TS- TCU at the house. It'll be my first non-Red River, forever, uh, Red River away game ever. So going away game that's not Red River, I appreciate it. I've only done it once, I believe, for Texas uh, football, and I believe it was uh, Baylor and the the old stadium of Baylor, and it was miserable and freezing, and uh, we lost, and I would not recommend that. But that stadium is no longer uh, hosting games, so I don't really have to worry that. Uh, rumor is Josh McDaniels uh, may have done some things to more uh, – women of the night than Craig James. That's I remember that one. That was a great – that was one of those ones that I, I feel like that had to be a Texas Tech person because of the whole Mike Leach thing. Maybe it was just someone with respect for Mike Leach. Whoever came up with that, good stuff. Good stuff on that one. <laughs> Scarlett says, Josh McDaniels sent his team captains out for the coin flip uh, to start the game. The ref flipped the coin and the game started. Josh McDaniels noticed his players ye- yelling – Get the quarterback. Get the quarterback. He grew very angry, turned, yelled at his players. Would you settle down? Good Lord, it's just a quarter. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one, Scarlett. Yes. Uh, yeah, Max Crosby, by the way, is, I believe, second in sex in the NFL, playing for the Raiders. He seemed pretty happy after the news of Josh McDaniels firing. So uh, I think he's going to get his quarterback. But I like that joke, Scarlett. That's a good one. Uh, the ramp at Floyd Casey Stadium was ridiculous in Waco. I remember that. Thank you, female listener one. Yeah, we were also it was uh, there was ice everywhere because it had frozen, so it was freezing cold. We were to a row from the top, so the wind was coming over the top of the stadium. It was just brutal. It was brutal. It was not a fun time when I was doing that, uh, and it made me not really want to go on road trips. Much more to go see Texas games. Uh, I'll just stay back and do the uh, do the radio. I'll be fine here doing the stuff back at the house. Uh, Chief Engineer, I do appreciate the question. Uh, what are the weaknesses of the UT basketball team that you see? Uh, I mean, right now, you're going to have issues of three-point shooting. Ithiel Horton looks pretty good, but you're going to have issues with consistency of three-point shooting, I think is going to be one that comes throughout the season, that this is a fast-paced team. And I think turnovers, when you go fast, turnovers can kill you because all of a sudden you're constantly on your heels and you're running and they're getting easy buckets. And in a game that's tight, you can't have those turnovers so I think that in reality, you're going to have to be able to hit threes because when you get in that half-court offense, when you get into, you know, when you're not able to run and look like you looked against Incarnate Word where you're basically just being able to get stops on them because they don't really have scores, when the other team scores, they're able to get set back up. You're not able to run and get them into mismatches. You're going to have to be able to go inside. Caden uh, Shedrick will hopefully be able to play well in that system as well. When we ever get Dylan to sue back, we know he can do his thing. But off double teams, you'd like to see the ball get passed around. On zone defenses, you'd like to see the ball get passed around and get some open threes. Tyrese Hunter needs to improve his three-point percentage this season. He knows that. Everyone knows that. 
Uh, he didn't look great in the opener, but I'm going to believe that he's going to keep working on that and get better. Max Acemas is going to have to hit his uh, high three-point percentage. Ithiel Horton's going to take him. So if Ithiel Horton keeps taking him, then he's got to hit him. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't, you know, it's hard one week or one game in playing against an incarnate war team that just wasn't very good, uh, which we knew. I mean, that's that's no news to anybody. But to have that team, you, you don't really have a great uh, litmus test of what the full weaknesses of this team are going to be. But I do think there are, you know, I do think you can see simple stuff of, you know, you turnovers, if you're going to try and play that high, high paced and trying to run the court is going to be an issue. Uh, and, and until Dylan DeSue gets back, size will be an issue just because you're lacking a big guy with a ton of talent and who can run. Uh, but other than that, we'll see as the season keeps going on, they play again on Friday. We'll get another look at this team. Uh, I don't know if you know it's going to be a little bit until we get to some games where we're really going to be able to see everything, but we will get there soon. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll play some sound from Hook Him Up with Ian Rob B talking about B. John Robinson, Arthur Smith, and why we hate him. Right here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Yo, let's do this. I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking, king of my jungle, just a gangster stalking, living life like a firecracker. Back on the sports complex on a Wednesday afternoon, saluting veterans all week for Veterans Day happening Saturday. Uh, we are playing music for men and women who have served uh, iced tea. One of those ones that may not be uh, everyone's everyone knows, but Ice T served as well. So salute to all your veterans out there all week long doing a salute until we get to five one two Friday, of course. Uh, and five Friday, maybe you're gonna have the day off for Veterans Day too. So maybe you'll have that going for you. Uh, I did want to play some sound from Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rod B. Uh, this is uh, Rod was actually talking about something that is a perplexing uh development in the NFL this season and it's a perplexing development for fantasy football owners it's a perplexing development for uh Texas Longhorn fans it's a perplexing development for Atlanta Falcons fans I don't know if anybody really knows the answer uh except for maybe Arthur Smith himself uh but the the fact that Bijan Robinson looked to be dominating looked to be trying to put up a race with CJ Stroud for rookie of the year looked to be trying to be uh, a next level player, and he was doing so well early that you thought, "Oh man, wait till we see when he gets unleashed later in the season." And then Arthur Smith seems to have put the brakes on in a division that seems very winnable with the Saints not killing it with Derek Carr, and we know the struggles of the Buccaneers. Just lost the game to the Texans last week, and uh, you know where they played pretty well in that, but the Texans come out ahead. Uh, you the Panthers, who were just awful, and I, I you know, they're. They're trying to figure out their own world. I don't know if they made the right coaching hire, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I do think that that Bryce Young will be a good quarterback at one point. I, I, I'm not. I'm not selling on him being a bust. I don't know if hiring a guy who looked like he didn't want to be a coach last year to immediately come back and coach without a year off uh, was necessarily the best hire. But that's you know that's just my opinion. Maybe maybe Frank Reich really is passionate behind the scenes. But, you know, I, I think there probably could have been an assistant or somebody, somebody that, 
you know, had some ties or I don't know. They could have probably found someone else. But for that being what it withstanding, the point is that the Falcons have a shot to win the division and not playing the guy you drafted at number seven, the guy that you really believed in and in a running game and then playing him less and less doesn't seem to make an ex- any reason or rhyme or reason. And then and then kind of getting mad at reporters and treating them like they're the idiots for wondering why B. John Robinson, who you played a lot early, if we get it, if you never played him and we go, okay, well, he's not ready to get on the NFL field. But clearly he was doing okay in NFL games, so I don't know why uh, he wasn't getting playing time. Uh, here's Rob Babers going into a little bit more of the numbers and the reasons why B. John Robinson may not be getting the carries right now that pretty much everyone but Arthur Smith thinks he should be getting. Uh, it's from Hook Him Up. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. It's Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan. Longhorn fans, I'm sure some of you have been following Bijan Robinson's uh, exploits in the NFL and trying to watch as many Atlanta Falcons games as you can. If you have, you probably have the same complaint a lot of Falcons fans have had about Arthur Smith, uh, the head coach slash play caller of the Falcons, and his usage and uh, utilization of one Bijan Robinson. So a lot of Falcons fans, in case you haven't been paying attention, then let me uh, get you <laughs> caught up here. A lot of Falcons fans want Arthur Smith straight up fired simply from the way that he is using slash misusing Bijan Robinson. Now, this started a couple of weeks ago when, remember, Bijan Robinson um, had basically he was like a late scratch in, in a game, and they, there was a, a mysterious illness or injury is the reason that he didn't play. And turns out in the second half, that's when they revealed that there was an injury prior to the game and basically that Bijan wasn't feeling well, and that's why they scratched him late. So a lot of Atlanta Falcons were upset. A lot, a lot of Falcons fans were upset about that. And mostly it had to, had to do with fantasy. We've played the audio for you of Arthur Smith addressing the, the media's questions about that and him – mocking the media's concern, essentially saying, you guys are worried about your fantasy football teams. That's why you're concerned about whether Bijan Robinson is available. But here's another topic that hasn't been hot water. And I'll start off with this one stat that is almost, man, it, it, it's, a, it's stupefying. And it's, it's an indictment, you could argue, on Arthur Smith as a play caller and as a head coach. One stat, and I got some more others to back it up because I went and did some rabbit holding and some research. The Falcons have run 18 offensive plays inside the opposing team's five-yard line this season. 18 offensive plays inside the opposing team's five-yard line. So we're talking about deep, basically close to the goal line. Bijan Robinson has one touch, one touch for no gain out of those 18 offensive plays. Tyler Algier, six rushes for nine yards and three touchdowns. Desmond Ritter's got two rushes for one touchdown. Drake London, one touchdown and two targets down there in that situation. Jonu Smith actually has more targets slash carries than Bijan Robinson inside the five-yard line. He's got one touchdown and four targets. You're fired. As a matter of fact, how about this? No, no. You're fired. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Also has fewer touches, targets, slash carries down inside the five than Jonu Smith. So basically, Jonu Smith has got more touches and more carries and targets down inside the five than Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts combined. 
this uh, season. If I'm the owner, it was Arthur Blank, <laughs> Mr. Home Depot. My question is, these are two top ten picks, correct? Right? Freaks. <laughs> Offensive weapons. And Freaks. Did you talk me into the fact that these are – Freaks and their top ten picks, and even with the with the devaluing of the running back, Bijan Robinson is the highest paid running back in the league this year. Yeah, by, that's a great by point. annual salary. Because he was drafted. Yeah, yeah. We're not giving him the ball. This is my question: If like, George Costanza sitting on a Seinfeld set, uh, you know, on, on the show of Seinfeld, <laughs> like, we're, we, what, what, what are we doing? I agree. I'm, 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 so, trust me, when I saw the stat, I went deep diving and then found, like I can say, more troubling uh, data to back that up. That's why Falcons fans are with you. They want him fired. They're, they're, they're like, I don't care I what. Said his- yesterday, losing that game to Joshua Dobbs at home, who just got to the Vikings, that's inexcusable. Yeah. And, that's an inexcusable loss. And e, they wanted him fired before that. Because well, these well, stats, these stats, the yeah, some of that stuff goes back before that. They weren't on fire before that because of the way he's using Bijan and the Kyle Pitts thing. Actually, that goes back to last season. But now they got another superstar, freakish athlete you drafted really high, top ten, who you're deciding not to use. The closer you get to the touchdown area, to the red zone, the closer you get to the goal line, you decide I'm not even going to use my most my most elite and my most versatile offensive weapons. Oh. So I went back, I went digging deeper because I know it's like, I was like, man, that can't, it's got to be a reason for this. That's got to be a reason. This is an outlier. I'll try to find a, a trend that, you know, makes this something that is at least something you can explain. That's something you can justify the reason that Arthur Smith is making these decisions. So carries from inside the 10 yard line this season. And I went and look at Tyler Azure and Bijan Robinson. Tyler Azure's got 10 carries inside the 10-yard line. Bijan Robinson, two this season for the Falcons. You look at targets inside the 10-yard line this season, right? Um, Jonu Smith has got six targets. Joe who? Jonu Smith, he's a tight end I, I, for – Yeah, yo, sorry. I, I, sorry. Joe <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My bad. <laughs> You're right. You committed to the bit. Um, uh, he's got six targets inside the 20-yard line. Kyle Pitts has got four. So, in the red zone, Jonu Smith has got more targets than Kyle Pitts. Now, maybe you're saying hey, maybe they're doubling Kyle Pitts and single coverage on Jonu Smith. That could be true, but your job as an OC, play caller, play designer, slash head coach is find a way to get your best players to football, especially once you draft in the top ten. And you go look at the – and I'm thinking to myself, maybe Tyler Azure is having a great season and Bijan Robinson is having an offseason. Not – not the case at all. I look at missed tackles forced between the 20s. Bijan Robinson leading the NFL in .44 missed tackles forced between the tackles per rush. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is right behind him at .41. Jalen Warren actually right behind him at uh, .41. Tyler Azure, .13. Missed tackles forced between the 20s per rush. You're fired. <laughs> Yards before contact per rush. Bijan, 1.73. Tyler Azure. 0.30. NFL average, 1.27. Bijan is way above the NFL average for yards before contact per rush. Short yardage rushing. This is when three yards are fewer to gain to get a first down or to get a touchdown. Bijan Robinson, 17 rushes. He's averaging 5.7 yards per rush in that situation. 65% success rate. That's when you get at least 50% of the yards to gain on first down, 70% of the yards to gain on second down, and 100% of the yards to gain on third and fourth down. That's what success rate is based on. And Bijan Robinson, 65% of the time, he has a successful run in short yardage situation. Tyler Algier, he's at a 57% success rate. 
2.3 yards per rush compared to B. Jones Robinson's 5.7 and 23 rushes in short yardage compared to B. Jones' 17. I looked at explosive rush percentage, percentage of runs that gained 10-plus yards. Tyler Algiers, 6.9%. B. Jones Robinson, 15.5%. That would be second behind only Raheem Mostert for running backs with at least 100 rushes on the season. I have no idea what Arthur Smith is doing. That's basically what I, what I, the conclusion I came to. I don't know what the hell he's doing. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you drop me in. It's just too obvious. You, I mean, you know, it sounds like Tom Herman, right? When Tom Herman would have Kai Money on the field playing receiver. <laughs> instead of Colin Johnson. Instead of Colin Johnson. Red Zone. <laughs> what? Uh, this didn't make sense then. Uh, we have our reasons. We have the binder. Um, <laughs> come on now. Uh, owner is going to look at it and say, we're paying this guy good money. We drafted him seventh overall. What are we doing? Uh, and we're not using him? I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, you're going to draft a running back in the top ten, you run his wheels off of him. Exactly. Um, and to get the most out of that rookie contract yep. and then decide from there. Uh, this is that's malfeasance. That's coaching malfeasance right there. If if the animal, if the LA Angels, Vanaheim, or you know, organizational malfeasance not trading Shohei Otani, this is just that. And to lose the game at home when you're already under fire – to a Vikings team who had a quarterback playing for them who has never played for them, but no. got there on Tuesday. That's unbelievable. Came in and beat you. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it kind of like Tom Herman. It feels like the team starts to lose trust in the coach, too. That happens. Uh, the coach, players know. Yeah. Play, the, the, oh, they players know. know more than anybody. You don't think the players in the locker room are talking about B. John Robinson not getting the ball in the red what zone? What are we doing? And Kyle Pitts not getting the ball in the red zone? Yeah. Oh, they talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so I, would, I don't know how long this is going to last. And every time Arthur Smith is asked about it by the media, he takes offense to it. And he is ve- – I mean, he's very passive-aggressive and almost kind of mocks the media and their questions about it. And I'm with you. I wonder how long – Arthur Blank's definitely watching that, and he's definitely paying attention to these same stats. I wonder how long until he comes, you know, from on high and decides, you know what, I'm going to make an executive I, I don't decision. Under, I mean, I'm not the media there yeah. in uh, Atlanta, but he had Derrick Henry in when he was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Yeah. What would Mike Vrabel do if they were taking Derrick Henry off the field when they got down in the red zone? Hey, know. Arthur. It? You're fired. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Why is this other guy in there? Because remember, who, you know, Johnny Smith was with them in Tennessee, right. too. That's, that's his guy. I guess, yeah, it could have been his guy. Maybe well, he likes that's him. why you can have plays. an offensive coordinator and you can have a head coach. The head coach needs to say, hey, yo, what are we doing? Yep. Uh, all right. Checks and balances. Good stuff there from Rod and Aaron talking about Bijan and why he's not playing. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't draft him in any of my fantasy leagues because I didn't have the high enough pick, and I probably would have, but I didn't have the high enough pick, and then the people that did uh, – took other people in. So I just, I never had the opportunity to really take him. He was taken high in everyone's pick because I am hanging out in Austin and there's Longhorn fans and people wanted Bijan. So I didn't have him. So I don't have as much of a, of a, of a bone to pick where some, I know some people that are very upset that Bijan is not getting the reps. Uh, and then there's Longhorn fans. We're all just confused by it. We're just confused by it. Uh, we got to go take our last break. We come back, we'll wrap up the show and, uh, Send you out here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. 
Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. Appreciate all of you guys who played along on the text line. Uh, could show does not work without you. So really appreciate everybody joining the conversation on the text line today. We try to get to everybody. If we didn't get to you, we'll try to get to you tomorrow. I promise, I promise, I promise. Uh, tomorrow's show, we'll have more talk about Texas TCU. We'll have more talk. Uh, Texas basketball starts has another game on Friday. Uh, we may start to get into that as well. Uh, Maybe a little bit more NBA talk. We got some big NBA games happening tonight. Uh, we got Wimby's debut at Madison Square Garden happening right now. Get home and watch that game. We'll have Dylan Brooks versus LeBron James. That is another matchup that uh, Dylan Brooks has at least uh, been talking about over and over and over about how he's ready to go and be the LeBron James stopper and everybody else is trying to ignore it. But the, for Rockets fans, something to watch. If Dylan Brooks can come through and maybe have some uh, some big uh, you know impact against a, uh, a top team and kind of set your place where the Rockets will be. They're a 3-3 three and three team right now. A lot of teams kind of in that middling area figuring things out. So we'll see where they go. Uh, with that as well, a bunch of games happening in the NBA tonight. Uh, Longhorn women's kickoff tonight, or tip-off tonight as well. But we're getting you ready with more Sports Complex tomorrow. We appreciate you. We hope you're all back on the text line again tomorrow and having fun with us here on the Sports Complex. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. See you right back here, 5 p.m., the Sports Complex, right here on The Horn.